Welcome to the Small Business Surgeon Podcast, the show where we dissect the businesses of top producers, examine their growth strategies, and share with you the bare bones of their success. I am your host, Samuel Smith, and I'm glad you're here. Let's operate. Hey guys, what's up? Welcome to another episode of the Small Business Surgeon Podcast. I am your host, Samuel Smith. I am the Small Business Surgeon. And today I am joined by some exalted company. I'm super happy to have him on the show. He is the host of Success Profiles Radio and the creator and editor of Success Profiles Magazine. Please welcome fellow Apex brother, Brian K. Wright. Brian, welcome to the show, man. Thank you, Samuel. It's great to be here. Dude, I'm I'm glad you're on. I've been uh, I've been meaning to get you on here. We've been crossing paths and missing each other. So um, it was good to finally uh, connect with you in Dallas last week. Yes. Before we get really into this, tell us, man, who is Brian K. Wright? You are like the the dark horse of the network, man. You're just out there the killing dark it. horse. Yeah, doing the work, killing it. But nobody really knows who you are. So let's just start okay. at the beginning. Okay. Well, gosh, I grew up in a really small town in Iowa just south of the Iowa-Minnesota border and oh, yeah. went to went to college at Iowa State University, majored in communication studies, minored in English. Then I went to graduate school at Nebraska and got my master's in adult education. And I taught in a college uh, environment for about five years. So I taught English composition, public speaking, and business math. The okay. commonality between all of those was that they were all required courses. So I had to try and make it as fun as possible because people <laughs> had to be in those classes. Yeah. Oh my God. It, so you, you're trying to teach to a captive audience. Basically. Oh goodness. So I had to go yeah. look on Google Maps where, where Iowa was. I'm just educating myself. But yeah. it don't, it, it's it's below Minnesota and Yes, uh, it's below Minnesota. It's west of Chicago, about six hours. I see that. Yeah, I'm, I'm up here. I love having access to maps so I can see everything going on. So a, a teacher. Yeah, I was a teacher. Nice. And it's interesting. If you would have asked me, what do you want to be when you grow up? The two answers that came up all the time was writer and teacher. Mm-hmm. And I'm doing and have done both of those things. So it's pretty cool. That's that's really cool. I think a lot of us end up on this journey with the soul of a teacher. I think we mm-hmm. we often spend more time nurturing and, and teaching other people than we do learning ourselves, man. So yeah. yeah. And you learn a lot more when you have to teach someone else. Yes. <laughs> Because you learn just as much from your students as they learn from you. Yeah, and you go back over that subject material and you actually catch things that would, would normally be lost. You know. Um, yeah, and you figure out how to make the course better next time around. The first time teaching any course it can be a little rough, mm-hmm. but then you realize what went well and what you maybe could have done better. And usually the second or third time through the same course is a lot breezier. And after a while, you reach a point where if you're not changing things up, it can get a little bit boring. Yeah. So you have to change things up a little bit. Just so you don't get bored. Yeah, Yeah. it can be. It can be. Uh, And, you know, some classes are better than others. Some groups of students are a lot more engaged than others. I love when my class is very engaged and they like to talk and ask a lot of questions. And then sometimes you'll have a group where they just sit there and just absorb and they don't give you a lot of feedback. And so that's a little bit of a drudgery. So what what was your favorite subject to teach then? Or, Or was there a favorite? Public speaking. Oh, dude, how do you even teach that? People, like, so many people say, oh, I'm afraid of public speaking. I'm just like, well, you just have to stand up and speak and get it out. I made made them get up on their very first day and introduce themselves in front of the class. Oh, wow. 
yeah. two-minute speech, not graded, but participation required. I don't want people dreading for a week. Oh my gosh, my first speech. It's like, no, you're getting, you're getting up here today. Today, you're yeah. going to break the ice. Yeah. What? Yes, today. Not Dude, for long. Just tell us who you are, what you're studying, a little bit about yourself, and what you hope to get out of the class. That's great, man. Yeah. That's great. And, it, and it, I guess it forces that little bit of interaction as well. It does. It does. And then their next speech is usually a demonstration speech. So I do a, a, a lecture about visual aids. Mm-hmm. And you know, props, that kind of thing. So you're showing us how to do something, and that's a total comfort zone speech too. That's true because if if they've mastered a, a skill or a hobby and bring it mm-hmm. to show and tell, they're, yeah, in, they're in familiar water. They're in. Yeah, you know, I guess that's a good way of putting it. Yeah. It's basically uh, an advanced level of show and tell, but you're getting graded. <laughs> yeah, I you know my all my public speaking has been by trial and error. And uh, you know yeah. very, you know very quickly if you're getting it wrong. This is, this is like instant feedback. So um, maybe I should have enrolled in some public speaking classes. Yeah, <laughs> I certainly didn't see yeah. podcaster and writer as a career choice for me, and yet here we are. You know, right? Well, it didn't exist. Podcasting didn't exist mm. when That's I was growing true. up. That's true. It would have been uh, talk radio host back then. Um, yeah. You know, I like to think we've all got our own little talk radio shows, and they, if if people like the subject matter, they can tune in, and if they love it, they could leave a review. <laughs> um, yes, yeah. Um, I like to think we've all got our own little talk radio shows. So, what did you do like after teaching? I want to hear a little bit about the the transition yeah. for you from from teaching yeah. to where you are now, because you've got for for the guys not watching brian's got some experience behind him you know he's got a yeah. very, very big name so tell us a little bit about how you made that transition well while i was teaching i did resume writing so i helped people find jobs oh now that's yeah. that's that's a super interesting topic i get like as the small business surgeon for whatever reason i attract people that want to get their resumes looked at and redone yeah like, that's not i don't what, do that anymore that's, that, that's like almost 30 years in my past i don't want to do that anymore but um, it's a sales skill set it's it, it's it is you have to sell. To i mean I've, yeah. I've run into people who's like oh you're just an order checker no i am not because usually people are calling me and a few other people mm-hmm. i have to sell yeah yeah, no doubt. So you started writing resumes. And, and was that like a little paid side gig then? Yeah. Yeah, people paid me for that. Mm-hmm. I probably wasn't charging enough. <laughs> we None of us ever do. None of, no, none in of us fact, people do. would routinely ask me, is this even lucrative? It pays my bills. And after a while, I finally got the hint and finally did start to raise my prices a little bit. But mm-hmm. after a while, I just, just didn't want to do it anymore. Just right. didn't want to. And I ended up moving to Arizona. And ended up in the call center world for quite a while. Oh, tell us so about that. So I would call people. I would advance to uh, supervisory positions in some roles. I had a training role created for me twice mm-hmm. that didn't exist because I was doing really well. And uh, it was insisted that I teach others how to do what I was doing. And in one role, I became the payroll manager. So I did payroll every week for 400 employees across three locations. I oh, love wow. math. I love math. Oh, see, was so different. Like, cause you couldn't pay me to do that. Oh yeah. <laughs> I love, I love it. You know, it, it, it was, it was really fun. I enjoyed that. Yeah. And then eventually I ended up working for a couple of friends of mine who were starting their own call center. And mm-hmm. I did a lot of those things for them. And then eventually I ended up being a, a caller for a real estate agent. 
So looking oh. for people who are looking to buy and sell homes or inviting them to open houses. Mm -hmm. And while I was doing all of that, I started my radio show in 2012. I started my magazine in 2017. I started ghostwriting books for people in 2016 or so. Mm -hmm. And so I was doing that on the side. And eventually I built my business to the point where uh, I couldn't do that and work for someone else at the same right, time. Right, right, right. It was right. harder to do. And of course, all things be equal, I'd rather run my own business than work for someone else. I can work for someone else. I just don't want to anymore. I think I would be a terrible employee. Um, <laughs> but yeah, you... I don't like following other people's rules because a lot of the time other people's rules are just stupid. <laughs> no comment. I have rules. Yeah, I just won't go. I just won't go along. And I've reached the point in my life where if I think something's kind of dumb, I'm not afraid of calling it out depending on who I'm talking to just well, to kind of test the the boundaries and see how far I can actually go. Mm -hmm. I yeah. mean, you're clearly a shining example of an overnight success um, that did every last thing required for 10 years at least to get there. You know? Yeah. Overnight <laughs> I mean, success is sort of a misnomer because there's a lot of stuff that happens in the background for a long time. It's like a bamboo tree you plant it. Yes. And it doesn't sprout out from the ground for a very, very long time. But once mm -hmm. it does, it shoots right up in the span of weeks. Yeah. Even months. It spends years building that root system. Exactly. And so mm -hmm. when people see your success, it's like, wow, you came out of nowhere. I'm like, ooh, you don't know my story. Mm -hmm. That did not happen overnight at all. So take us to 2012 and yeah. the inception of a radio station, radio, yeah. a radio program. What was going through yeah. your head when you set that up? And uh, tell us how the process uh, affected your business. Oh, yeah. Well, back then, I didn't really have a business per se. Mm -hmm. I just knew that I wanted to interview people that I looked up to and people that I wanted to have connections to. Yeah. And a friend of mine uh, talked me into doing this. He was selling spots on a station. So I bought my spot and I started in January, 2012. So my 10 year anniversary will be in a couple of months. Now, can I interrupt real quick? Yes. Uh -huh. Is this the kind of model where you buy the spot from the radio station and then you put out the content and sell space within the content to advertisers yes. to pay for the spot? Exactly. Okay. Exactly. But I'll tell you what, uh, it has evolved. I mean, I tried selling ads and mm -hmm. people wouldn't stick around very long because I think a lot of people don't have the patience right, for right. the return on a radio ad, the expected instant gratification. No, That's it's definitely, radio, radio advertising is definitely a long haul game, yeah. It, it is a long haul and a lot of people weren't prepared for that. And I told one lady who bought an ad from me, the product on your website needs to be at the top of the page and it was buried halfway down in a menu of like 100 items. I said, no one is going to look for your item. Mm -hmm. It has to be on top. It has to be obvious and she wouldn't change it. Then, of course, she blamed me and my show for not getting any sales. It's always I told you, yeah. I told you, move your move your product to the top of the page. But if even that set up a set up a landing page specifically for the radio campaign that features yeah. just the product. I mean, yeah, you know, um, what most people miss in advertising is data capture. Um, yeah. And, you know, there's so mm -hmm. many people will just drop a link to a website. And all yeah. a website is a static business card. If if you don't have a way to capture the data, then you're just yeah. you're just wasting money. But yeah. Um, yeah. So it's, back to the radio show. It's profitable now because what I learned to do eventually was convert some of my guests into paying clients. Okay, so the guests that came on the show were they paying advertising clients or paid uh, coaching clients? No, they would hire me to write their book. Oh, see, round and round it goes. Yeah, that makes sense. Yep. That makes a lot of sense. So I've had a few people do that. 
Okay. So the show is profitable for that reason alone. Okay. So it was it, it was never profitable with radio ads then, or it 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 wasn't. Yeah, I'm not trying it to wasn't. dig too deep. What I'm actually doing is picking your brain and seeing if Sam needs a radio program because that that might be fun. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Yeah, it was fun. I enjoyed it, and because I got to interview some really high level people, I got their audiences to listen. If, if not only for that one episode, mm -hmm. and got some subscribers out of it, and some people have stuck with me, but. Uh, it's it's really cool to hear people say, yes, I heard your show. I've got one friend in particular who listens to my show the next morning and tells me what he got out of it because he takes notes on mm. every single episode. I'm like, I just love you. You're amazing. Thank you. <laughs> those it's are nice the, to have some super fans in your circle. I, I've got a few of those. And that's, they're, they're really, I mean, it, it, it just motivates me to keep going. Um, yeah. a lot, of, a lot of times when you do stuff like this, um, you don't realize who's listening or the impact you're having because there's right. no way to quantify the number of listeners that are coming to us from RSS and from Spotify and from iTunes. We can't tell unless somebody downloads and saves an episode that anybody's listened to it. And I know from the feedback, we've got thousands of listeners. And then when I go and look at my stats, I'm like, well, that's a little disappointing. <laughs> so yeah. having those quote unquote super fans that just give you that feedback over and over has just been a complete yeah. blessing to me. Um, yeah. It's one of the things that keeps me going for sure. Yeah. In fact, right before we started this episode of your show i was talking with a guy who was on shark tank a few seasons ago oh nice. and I, i've booked him to be on my show at the end of the month oh that's great and he that's... got a deal with john paul de georgia from okay. paul mitchell yeah okay. so you'll have an update from him on the show then i'm sure as to how the deal oh, absolutely all worked out yeah. he's doing very very well now yeah now would be a great time to drop the name of your show again what was it uh my my show is success profiles radio Okay, and we can find and it on, on Apple iTunes. Podcast. You on can subscribe Podcast. and download and leave a review there. Okay, we're going to ask you again for that before the end of the show. But success, sure. success profiles radio. If you get a chance yeah. to check that out on uh, on iTunes, so you've got a radio show in 2012. Yeah. Um, how did it grow from there? Was it just the ones and twos clients, or was that like where was your jumping off point from? Like saying, you know what, this is what I want to do full time. I, I'm not going to go to my teaching job anymore. How did you? Yeah, make well, that I transition? wasn't teaching anymore by then, but oh, call center job. I apologize. Right? No. Yeah, <laughs> I was working for that for my real estate agent friend. Yeah, yeah. And we sort of reached an impasse where he kept, you know, insisting that I work more hours, and I said I can't. Mm -hmm. And so we had to amicably part ways. We're still friends. We're still good friends to this day. And he sees the success I'm having, and he wishes me well. And he's crushing it in his space as well. He sells luxury real estate here in the Phoenix area. Dude, does very very well. There's plenty of success to go around. Like totally. just, just build a bigger table. More people will come yeah. see it. I mean, exactly. You know. And then I started my magazine in 2017 when I realized I had all this radio show content that I wasn't repurposing or doing anything with. Right. So I started that and Kevin Harrington was my first cover. I'm not sure I know Kevin. He was one of the original sharks on Shark Tank. The first oh, right, right, right. Yeah. I seem to remember his name. I remember his name. Yep. Um, so you just take in, um, transcribed interviews and, and making magazine yeah. content out of it. And do you, do you build right. that yourself? You write that content yourself? Uh, yeah, I, I download and, and I get the show transcribed and I just curate yeah. part of that for the feature article. It's an interview style feature article. And then I have other people contribute their content every that's, month. That's awesome. That's magazine. 
I'm going to have to sign up for your magazine, dude. Like I'm literally just with, um, ever since, uh, ever since we were, we were named in that same nomination. Um, that's who I discovered who you were. Like I'd not come across the magazine or any of the stuff yeah. within the group. Successprofilesmagazine.com. So. All right. So we're going to add that to the list of things to go and check out. Successprofilesmagazine.com. Yep. And there are three subscription options to choose from, and it's $1 for a seven day trial to start with. Oh, and who doesn't have a dollar? So I got to go check right. out. I got to go. a dollar. <laughs> well, you'd be surprised. There's a lot of entrepreneurs. <laughs> Maybe they got a credit card. Um, yeah. But uh, all right. So tell me a little bit more. Um, about your business experience and about maybe some obstacles that you've overcome, uh, maybe some things that, that surprised you that were maybe a little more difficult than you thought would yeah. be. You know, there are lots of distractions that come up in the course of running a business. Oh, God, some of yes. those are, are personal things. Like, mm -hmm. for example, I bought a rental property back in 2008. I had three different renters in there, all of whom reached a point where they could not pay the rent anymore. Yeah, that was some difficult timing to be honest. They all, yeah, that was difficult timing. Yeah. And they all ended up leaving. And the third one was supposed to be rent to own. So she was in there for two and a half years and she was going to buy it. And then she reached a point where she says, I can't afford to keep this house. Damn. She let it go and she had to go take care of her sick mother in Pittsburgh. Mm -hmm. But she came back to, you know, pack and her two daughters were with her. And so I met her at the house. It was the first time I'd stepped foot in that house in a couple of years. And I realized that she painted the house without my permission, not colors I would have chosen, not colors I would have chosen. It, the, the, the color was originally like a beige neutral mm -hmm. yeah. color. Like invest, investor grade beige. I mean, we all do. Right. White she trim, beige walls. Hallway, dark brown and the rest oh. of the house turquoise blue. If you remember Jill Scott's first hit single, Walking in the Park, she wore this turquoise dress with a brown cover bun. She painted my house to look like Jill Scott's house or dress. And I'm like, are you kidding me? And then she said, oh, by the way, I had a dog without your permission. I apologize. The carpet was ruined. I could not afford to put it back. So I had to short sell it. Oh, God. That sucks. You, you just like a lot of people don't ever see this side of the world, but there's a different kind of painting that is only done by tenants. Um, yeah. It's never done by homeowners. The colors are all wrong, always. And the cut lines and the trim is done wrong, and there's paint where it shouldn't be, and you end up with a house that takes two coats of any color paint to set it back to right. I right. mean, it, it just it seems to be something that only tenants are capable of, you know, right. me messing up a paint job quite that bad. But uh, as a real estate uh, professional, I've seen quite my share of them, and as right. a guy that flips houses, I've been the guy on the other side of that short sale going. Great. I love it because this is cosmetic and we can fix it. Yeah. yeah. If yeah. I would have had the funds to be able to fix it, I would have probably entertained keeping it. It's the kind of house I would have potentially lived in. Right. right. I didn't have my own condo. Mm -hmm. uh, and then a few years later, I was experiencing some financial struggles. Once again, I had to rent out my home as an Airbnb in the wintertime. Arizona mm -hmm. is a destination spot in the winter. Yeah. Yeah. So I rented out my home as an Airbnb and I slept in my car for an entire winter so that I could keep my home. Hey, man, whatever works sometimes. Yeah. Whatever works. And that's a choice that a lot of people would not have made. No. But it kept my radio show going. And it kept me going. I eventually did have to sell my home. Because um, I just, uh, a neighbor must have ratted me out over the whole Airbnb thing because the HOA apparently had rules. Oh, man. So that's okay. Is it's, the price, it's the price of winning, though. 
It's the price yeah. of winning. Winning's winning's fucking dirty. It's not yeah. it's not like super fabulous all the time. Winning's gritty and it's dirty and it's hard work. And like some people like roll up your sleeves, but really if you win, you want to rip your sleeves off and just dig and, and, and work. It's it's ugly, yeah. man. Yeah. You know, and it some is. sometimes we end up sleeping in cars. I mean, I've never slept in my car, but I I've sure when my business went down I, I slept on some couches. Like, oh yeah, I've no done way that too. Lie. You know, I've done that too. I think it makes coming up and getting back to the top. I think it makes it feel a lot better. It does. Um, yeah. <laughs> Things are in a much better place now. And uh, I joined Apex in May. I don't know how long you've been in it, but for the the last six months, I've just been amazing. Uh, it, it's, I business. can't speak highly. They would think I was shilling for Apex or getting paid to talk about it, and I'm not. Um, I've been in 20 months now. Uh, by the time this airs, probably 21, 22 months. And just the change has been incredible. If if you'll do the work, like people within the network will hire you and reward you accordingly. Yeah. I mean, it's been it's been a wonderful, wonderful journey for me. Um, but the first time I really unlocked any form of wealth, um, I wasn't ready for it. I was a poor steward of the money that, um, you know, you can talk about God or the universe or whatever, but I believe there's a higher power. And that higher power endowed me with money and I showed the higher power I was a terrible steward of it. So the higher power took it away until I could become a better man. Yeah. Um, and here we are. I'm, I, I would not, like I, me from six years ago, dude, I'd kick my own ass. <laughs> like I'd run circles around that guy. Yeah. Um, but I didn't find, I, I didn't find the, the, the high gear, um, until I really committed to doing the work and focusing on what yeah. the apex program was about and, and putting yeah. the older pieces in place. So yeah. tell me, like, tell me how the last six months has supercharged your business and changed what you've been doing. Being around a different level of people has been life changing. Mm -hmm. That group, forced, you, yeah, you are forced to level up every single day. Uh, yeah, mm -hmm. and if you don't, you get called out from mm -hmm. a place of love. Yeah, and I hired a coach. My previous business coach passed away in March after mm -hmm. my dad passed away in February. So Q one was not fun for me. That was, was a rough, a rough first it was quarter. Rough, yeah. and this was pre Apex. So I was wondering at the beginning of this year, what is this year going to end up looking like? Because it was just not fun at all. I was in a bad place for a while. We're coming off the back of 2020 as well. The shit yeah. show that was. Yeah. Well, 2020 turned out to be the best year of my business ever. And I realized that for people like myself who are creating content, mm -hmm. the opportunity was there because people were consuming content more than ever oh, before. Like without a doubt. I mean, 2020, like my media company lost money in 2020 but the last quarter of 2020 we made more money than the other three quarters put together yeah. and what covid did for us was was force us to be better at business and yeah. it, the content creating world opened up like like i am quite confident that 2022 um all the stars align like they're supposed to our media business will write more than seven figures in revenue like, that's amazing. Yeah, from from losing money in 2020 from COVID. I mean, we were doing great. We were well on track to do mid six figures in 2020. Um, but then everything, you, you know, the story of that. It, yeah. <laughs> like March came along, and that was that. So um, yeah, 
But I, I want to get more back to you. So 2020 as a content creator was one of your most profitable years. And then yeah. you roll that into 2021. You've, you've yeah. got that very, very sharp shock at the beginning of the year. But then yeah. you found Apex and hired a coach. Tell us, tell yeah. us about that. Yeah. Um, in fact, Chris Whitehead is my coach and he and I have been really good friends for close to a decade. He brought me into Apex. Oh, wow. How did, how did you meet that guy? Like friends for a decade. You yeah. must have some stories about Chris. <laughs> I do. I, we have stories about one another, oh. but we've been running together for a long time. Both of us have grown leaps and bounds in the time that we've known each other. We've both leveled up massively. And it's just been fun to watch that ride. I and really I saw, enjoyed it. I saw his rapid growth and I'm like, what are you doing? And he told me about Apex last year and I wasn't ready. Uh, but in April this year, I called him and said, I got to talk to you. He's like, what do you want to talk about? And I said, okay, this Apex thing, I'm on the five-yard line. Talk me over the goal line. We talked for an hour and 20 minutes. And I said, I think I'm almost ready. And then I did not go to MDM this year, but right after that on May 3rd, he messaged me and said, are you ready? I knew exactly what he was talking about. I said, yes, he sent me the link. I paid immediately. I was so proud of myself for taking very quick action. Mm -hmm. I could have said, I want to think about it, but no, I've been thinking about this for months. I can't use that anymore. Did you join Entourage first? The, the, I did. I okay. Did. See, like not a lot of people know this. Um, I'm comfortable saying it now, but dude, when I joined Entourage, it was three grand and I didn't have three grand. I had to mm -hmm. finance it out. I had to make payments on three grand. Like, yeah. yeah you know, you, so, so interesting. I wanted to join last year in December mm -hmm. and it was three grand for the lifetime. I didn't have it and it didn't occur to me to ask for a payment plan. In my mind, I was thinking if I can't throw, afford to throw down three grand, I don't belong in this group yet. Well, I didn't ask for a payment plan. I was like, yeah. I cannot afford three grand. The minute I can afford three grand, Drewby and Zach, I promise you I'll buy it. And they're yeah. like, well, what if we did this? And yeah, that's cool. Yeah, but you're right. If you can't afford three grand, you can't really afford to be in the room anyway. So it, it, it yeah, was. Yeah, that's how I felt. I was talking to somebody else about that and she said that's an interesting limiting belief i'm like well okay but it, it's, it's valid it is like, valid my yeah. first my first time walking in that room was somebody that had struggled to come up with three grand and yeah. so you're walking into a room with seven and eight and nine figure guys and thinking well shit, i yeah. gotta put this hotel on a credit card to make this trip to dallas yeah. now i don't now I pay I pay the executive fee and I, I book the hotel and I just come. But oh, you're an executive now. Good yeah, for you. Mm -hmm. Just uh, for the last couple of months, and that has been, boy, that's been that's been like dropping. You remember Back to the Future Three, right? Yeah. This is the best analogy I can give for it. You've got the fire logs running in the train as they're going to go back in time. Yeah. Execs has been like the red fire log going off and the boiler just exploding. I I am just overwhelmed with with it's yeah. it's it's like the next level of learning from a fire hose um, yeah, yeah and, and and sometimes i just have to shut it off and say you know what yeah. we'll, we'll work on that <laughs> we'll work on that in a day or two i'll um, be probably going to entrepreneur here in the next couple of months oh nice nice you'll yeah. get a lot out of entrepreneur um and they're they're all three the levels are very 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 well put together um, i'm sure they are yeah you, um it's a cumulative progressive learning program um, yeah. they don't give you shit until you're ready for it. Um, right. When they first give it to you, there's no way you can handle it. So if, the, if, if, if you just paid the money and joined execs, you would be completely lost. Like yeah. there's no way I could have sat in that room a year ago, not a chance. Yeah. And now I feel as though I belong there and, and everybody yeah. in the room is, is, is welcoming. And very, very welcoming. Yes. 
man. Like, which is we should just record an entire hour long Apex commercial at this point. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's a fantastic community and it has absolutely impacted my business in a great way. Mm-hmm. And and seeing everybody this last weekend in Dallas was just icing on the cake. It was great reconnecting with people I'd already met, meeting new people I hadn't met. The awards ceremony was just absolutely amazing. And, you know, it was just fun. It was an honor to be nominated. Oh, yeah. That, that was mind-blowing all by itself. Yeah. You, you, you made out better than I did. <laughs> well, you know what? I'm not, you won something too, though, didn't you? Well, let me tell the story because uh, I'm sure there's going to be plenty of Apex people listening. So I was like, um, you know, m- there was, there was myself, there was you, and there was uh, Brian Lewis all nominated yeah. for an award. And, you know, I don't know you and I know Brian relatively well. I'm like, well, we all three work pretty hard. We're probably all up against it. You know, any one of us could have won it. But yeah. when I, when I didn't win, when they called your name, my heart just broke. Like it shattered. I was like devastated. I'm like, well, fuck, man. I didn't know if I was going to win, but I really wanted to. Yeah. And then so we, we went the rest of the evening and um, they announced, hey, we're having a break. Well, they didn't say, hey, we're going to do some more stuff after the break. And um, my my son, my 10-year-old William, had, had made the journey and he was there. And it was 9.35 and we'd been on the road since 5.20 that morning. We drove in and... and like, all right, I'm going to take the boy home. Now's a good time to dip out. It's the intermission. So I went around. I shook hands. I said bye to everybody. Got in my truck. I was pulling out the parking lot. My phone starts blowing up. Hey, where are you? You've won an award. And I'm like, so not only was I devastated at, at, and heartbroken at not winning the award I was nominated for, I'm sitting in the parking lot about to pull out. And there's no way I can get back inside in time. And uh, yeah, I was, I was like, way to mess that up. <laughs> Oh, so but yes, I was I was very honored and very flattered to win an award, and uh, they're mailing it to me, and they totally understand because I'd been and said goodbye to everybody. The only person I didn't say bye to was was Tyler and Danny, and they were the only ones that knew. Like so, all right, fair enough. But yeah, that felt awful. But you won the award. You you got the one, and I'm super proud of you because you like. I tell you what, like if you beat me and if you beat Brian, you must be a working motherfucker. So like, I guess my I mean, hat is I, off to you because I know how much work I put in, and I'm like, if yeah. this guy's beating me, he must be a hardworking dude. I I was just honored to be nominated, and I didn't really have an emotional attachment. I, I'm saying that now, but you know, when it came up, I'm like, you know, I I resolved to be happy for whoever wins, and they called my name. I'm like, what? Yeah, I did. I did too. I was like, I'm going to be happy for everybody. And yeah, if if you'd won or if Brian had won, it's no big deal. Like I did, I came, gave you a hug at the end, told you, well done, you deserved it, and and, yeah. and all that stuff. But the the heartbreak was still there. I was yeah. like, man, I really wanted that. Like you know, yeah. and I know how hard I've worked this year. I mean, the 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 eight thirty and the nine o'clock nights at the office, and I I can yeah. go and look at my alarm code and see me switching it off at six forty five in the morning when I get here and. You know, I know I've put my time in. I'm like, but if, if if after I was on stage to pick up the award and have my picture taken, I, I sat down and my brain was just in the fog. I did not hear a word about what Danny said about me after that. I, I, <laughs> I have no idea what he said. I turned, I sat down, I saw the collage of pictures on the big screen. I'm like, I wonder what he said. <laughs> I have no idea. I'm sure somebody recorded it. I'm sure they did. I'm sure somebody did. But, but I did somebody few people did send me a picture of that because i was like trying to get on my phone and i was yelling someone take a picture of that for me please <laughs> i yeah. couldn't get my phone out fast enough and someone did 
We got, we got some, but they were all on uh, Brian Lewis's phone, and he hasn't sent them to me yet. I may have done by the time this comes out. Yeah. But, uh, I did get to say, you know, uh, goodbye to to Brian Lewis, and he he congratulated me. And I, I was just very gracious about it. It's like any, like I said, like you said, any one of us could have won. Oh, dude! Like, and yeah. everybody who was nominated was so deserving for the sheer number of people who are in this group. Yeah, like we're like for that award. Wait I mean, a minute. Oh yeah, I mean it's absolutely flattering to to be in the same conversation and to be nominated. So like yeah. when you look and you see there's 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 well into the what is there in Apex twelve fifteen hundred two thousand there's a lot in the in the I whole like fourteen hundred people in the group. Yeah, to to get to the top to get to the top and be nominated in in three people with with three other people is just I mean it's staggering in itself. So yeah, but I really wanted to win. I was devastated. <laughs> I what yeah the icing on the cake was actually driving out of the parking lot as my phone's going off blowing up with pictures from the stage and then yeah like damn it <laughs> well congratulations well thank you Here's I gotta right. laugh I gotta laugh about it I wanted to cry <laughs> yeah so, so you did win yes yes I did and it, it was the the start we started from the bottom and now we're here uh, award there were very very few people who got nominated for two awards so That's take true. that with you. Yes, I'm very, I'm very proud. Of I can that. only think of maybe one or two other people who were nominated for more than one award. It was just hard work. It's just showing up on time. It's putting out this show. It's putting out the content yeah. with Brian that we do. It's putting out the daily Facebook lives. It's, it's building a business that operates. I mean, it's just like, and the, the funny yeah. thing is, dude, I, I got into Apex and you didn't do this. You got in as a, as a magazine publisher and a radio host and you're and a, a book writer. And that's what you're making your name as. I got into Apex as a freaking real estate agent looking to blow up a real estate business. And, yeah. you know, I built the business owners group in order to farm that group for real estate leads. And none yeah. of that happened. I built a business owners group. I saw a community of business owners that needed help. I saw a community of business owners in Apex that would give freely, and I just started connecting people and putting a, a, a podcast together with the stories from successful guys in Apex that I then go out and I give to guys in my local community. And now I've got a freaking consulting business, and my media business has blown up. And, and like real estate, yes, I'm still licensed, and yes, we still take clients, but it's it's becoming so tertiary in what we do it's not even a secondary thing now it's it's it just keeps and i always had a passion for real estate but now i've got a passion for this instead um do you see a future where apex changes your trajectory and you end up doing more consulting and teaching again and coming full circle maybe i think when i when i'm saying when not if when i get to executives i would like to be a coach mm-hmm yeah. And so I think that would be my way of giving back to people who are just starting out. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they haven't told me what is, um, what's required to become a coach, uh, for the program, but I'm just going to keep doing the work and see what happens, man. I, yeah. I would, I would love to, to do that. I, you know, I've, I've got all this content recorded to make a book out of like, um, yeah. I, I know publishing a book's one of the, uh, one of the ways to impress some people, <laughs> you know? Well, I do know that in executives, they insist that you do a book. So now I've got you on the phone and we're, we're chit-chatting. What all's involved in publishing a book? I mean, I know, but the audience doesn't. And how would we go about publishing a book with Brian? 
Okay. Well, one thing I do, two ways that I help people, I help people by coaching them through the process of writing a book. If you prefer to do it yourself, mm-hmm. I also will do it for you. And I've got some people who say, you know what? I can write. I just don't have time. Just, just do it. Just I'll pay you to do it. No way. Like, so mm-hmm. how does, how does that work? Cause that's so even more because I just, I just figured like, Hey man, I've got a bunch of podcasts. I'm going to transcribe them and we'll pull out some content. We'll write a book. It'll be great. But now I'm intrigued. Because yeah. you, I, some of my actually, clients have said, here's all my content. Do something with it. Okay. Wow. That's yeah. amazing. So you just sit down and, and create a book out of, out of their yeah. content in your brain. One of my clients who I'm almost done working with, we're mm-hmm. going to be laying out the book very soon. Uh, she gave me a bunch of Facebook lives that she did on her area of expertise. And that's what I worked with. Wow. And I added my own spin on some of her content added some stories and we, we had some sessions to talk through some things and expanded on her lives. So I added content to what she'd already recorded on Facebook. So yeah, that's interesting. When I interviewed Jeffrey Gittimer on my show, mm-hmm. it was my 100th episode back in 2014. And I asked him, so what made you decide to write a book? He said, I never decided to write a book. I started a blog about all the stupid things salespeople do. <laughs> and I had a hundred entries. He's like, I got a book. Yeah. So sometimes if you look around all the content you've created, if it's around one general area mm-hmm. or one, to- one topic of expertise, you might have enough to already have a book. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, you know, no, I didn't know you wrote books at the time. So I retained um, uh, Hillary, who's also in the Apex group, that's done a whole lot of books for, for some guys in there. And, you know, we went through my content. She's like, yeah, it's all here. You've got enough for a book. And I'm like, are you, are you kidding me right now? But 40 different Friday fires, different 20 and 30 minute monologues. She's like, absolutely. There's enough. Oh, there's enough. Yeah. So now it's just a, a case of extracting it and transcribing it and, and editing it. And I'm like, wow, it's, it's, it's that simple. You don't yeah. realize when you create this level of content. And again, it's, I, I, I record three podcasts a week, I, at minimum. Um, I'm on other people's podcasts. I do daily lives. Um, and then... Um, there's all the posting as well. So when when you add up the amount of content that we put out, the the fact that we've got a a 200 or a 300 page book just sitting there waiting to be pulled out isn't all that surprising. Yeah. So what's the first right. question you ask? Oh, sorry, were you going to say something else? Oh, I ask people, what do you want your book to be about? <laughs> and what do they say when I don't know? That's an interesting question. Most entrepreneurs have a pretty good idea of what that looks like. I will then ask them, do you want it to be something relating to your business mm-hmm. or do you want it to be something completely different? I have a, cl- a client right now who's in the trades. Doing a book on how to fix a sink is not inherently interesting. That's true. So, so his book is going to be more about the core values of his business, how he interacts with customers, how, how he handles customers when they have issues or complaints. Mm-hmm. And he's how he got his business started, some of the challenges that he's run into starting his business. So it's not a how-to book at all because you can look that stuff up on YouTube. Right. But he's but it's he, more about the stuff behind the stuff. Yes. Yeah. A thing that he's going to give away to potential clients. Because think about it. If you're, let's just use the example of getting a sink fixed or getting uh, an attic redone or whatever the case is, mm-hmm. you're going to call probably two or three people to get quotes and yeah. whatnot. But if you are the only, if you in that industry have written a book, yeah. you immediately. Stand out from the others. Well, well, gosh, you must know what you're doing. Dude, exactly. 
It's instant yeah. validation. It's it's the exact same thing, you know, with the clients that come to me to ask about business consulting. They see the podcast, they listen to the podcast, they're like, oh wow, this guy really does have some, you know, insight here and can add value. When you've got a book, I mean, isn't that just the ultimate business card? It is. <laughs> it is. And you know, when you've got a book, people automatically give you the perception of authority, whether it's real or not is another story, but yeah. the perception of authority is real. Because you're an author. Yeah. I wonder if author and authority are intertwined somewhere in Latin history. And Probably. The same thing. Yeah. Probably. I don't, know that. I don't know how to look that up. <laughs> but author and authority, I mean, they sound, they sound close enough. Maybe, maybe, yeah. they're, uh, maybe they've got the same root or something. Yeah. But it really does. It's like... Um, you don't have to validate yourself. Like, that's it. That's right there. There's 200 pages of instant validation and my face yeah. is on the cover. And yeah. it, it just, it turns you from somebody that asks for business to somebody that, that picks and chooses which businesses he works with. Yeah. You know, that, I'm dying to get mine published. I can't wait. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, maybe my mom will be proud of me then. She will. <laughs> so... Um, I want to get a book published and I'm listening to your show. What are the first steps I need to take to, uh, to work with you? How organized would you like somebody that comes up to be? It comes in all different shapes and sizes. Some people give me a bunch of content. In fact, I've got a current client, client who gave me 10 podcast episodes. Mm -hmm. And I had some of them transcribed and I looked at it. And what I did is I looked at some of the common questions and answers that he encountered during his interviews. And I had a conversation with him while I was in Dallas. I had a phone call with him on Thursday before the event. And I said, this is how I see the general structure evolving. And he says, I love all of that. Email it to me. And so I did that immediately. And he wrote back and said, I like this. That's we'll reconnect next week. I can't even imagine where to come up with a, a book structure from. I mean, is that yeah. something that, that just must be something that comes from years of experience, right? Yeah, it does. And again, I did teach English composition. So, oh, cheating again. And I'm public teaching. speaking. So, I, I sort of have an advantage. Yeah, all the and experience. So people are considering me versus other people. I, I mean, I don't always know what other people are offering. All I can tell people is this is what I do. This is how I work. This is my background. And this is why I am uniquely qualified. You yeah. know, I taught English composition. I've written my own books, I've written other clients' books, and I've hit number one on Amazon a number of times and so have my clients and I publish a magazine. So I'm going to cross promote your book in my magazine and potentially take an excerpt from your book and publish it as a magazine article. Oh, that's, that's a really so good, uh, yeah, when you're working with a ghostwriter who also publishes a magazine, that's like a double, a double, you know, exposure right there. That's a really good value add, man. It is yeah. a big value add. I don't yeah. charge extra for that. That's incredible. Now, if you want me to, if you want me to publish your magazine, I can do that too. Well, I don't have that a magazine. A, that, is, that is an upsell. I don't but have a magazine, but I, I, I may be sold into that idea. I mean, we could take podcast episodes yeah. and. and <laughs> yeah, you have enough content for a magazine too. Oh, yeah, but like, when would I sleep? I mean. You hire me. I, I do that. Yeah. You, you're going to sleep for me? Is that it? <laughs> I'll do my best. Man, I tell you, <laughs> dude, it's. It's crazy watching the stuff that goes on in the room and the, the high-level guys, the, the stuff that they do and the amount of things they manage to coordinate and get done out of their day. And the one thing I've done from that, 
I haven't managed to automate, eliminate, and delegate everything. And I have not managed to generate enough cash flow to put the number of hires in place that I want for the amount of content that I want to produce. Yeah. That is coming, and it's coming quickly. Um, it was coming slowly over time, but it started to snowball like an avalanche. But the one thing I took from those guys is literally like every minute of my day is accounted for and is spent. Like it's budgeted and that time is spent and it's allotted for everything. And, you know, I'm so much more efficient now than I've ever been, all from getting around those guys. And when I ask, well, where's my time going to come from to write a book? I have to look at what I do in my business, look at my day and see, right, I need to hire somebody to cover this and develop a system and a process to where I'm not doing that anymore. And then I step up in my company to the next level. And yeah. really my job for the last few months and my job for the next year is step by step replacing myself throughout my organization. Everywhere I appear in the organizational chart needs to be filled with somebody that's on payroll and not me. Right. Yep. That's the trick to doing it, right? Yeah, it is. And so, my organization is going to grow very soon. I, I have had one VA for almost five months and I know that I probably need to hire uh, for other functions in the near future. Yeah, that came from uh, Unfuck Your Business and from working with Thomas um, and really just kind of dialing in core values and organizational structure. And like that, he hammers automate, delegate, and eliminate. Like mm -hmm. if, if I don't need to be doing this, does it need to be done? If it does need to be done, who can I find a computer program that will do it for me? And yeah. if I can't, who do I trust in my employee to do this? And it's so there's so much joy in leveling up and creating a new position and bringing on a new employee and training them and seeing them learn and grow. And like, I just want to employ everybody. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Robert Kiyosaki says in Retire Young, Retire Rich, if 3 million entrepreneurs, if 3 million people started a business and they all hired three people apiece, that would change everything. Oh, yeah. Yeah, hiring people is easy. It's making sure they're paid that is the trick. Yeah, and making sure that you have enough for them to do. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, this like we own a, a media company, so if anything's ever slow, I send the guys into the archives, pull out some stuff, make something, let's get it, let's get some content out, let's get some stuff published, let's stay relevant, let's keep putting shit out there. So, yeah. you know, there's always something to do, but... There are certain employees that if you don't have a task in front of them, they will sit around and wait on a new task. And what has saved me a considerable amount of time and money with those kind of employees um, now, as opposed to in the past, now I hire exclusively on core values. We look at resumes and we look at skill sets, but skill sets can be taught over time. It's much harder to teach values. And so now we hire based on values and based on whether they're a good fit for the, the lifestyle and the team that we're trying to build. And exactly. it's, it's just, it's, it's been incredible. And yeah. all, all from being an apex, man, <laughs> again. Yeah, I've heard other executives say the same thing. Hire, hire character and teach the skills yeah. if you have. Because like, like any monkey with a camera can make a video. Right. The, the, the real skill in the videos is telling the story and engaging the clients. Well, I don't need to teach that to, you know, fifteen, twenty dollar an hour guys. Right. right. So um I don't need my talented operators that are scripting and putting together programs 
to be running around shooting with cameras. And right. when you realize that and you untangle it, um, life gets a lot easier. Uh, and I couldn't have done it without Apex. I, I would still be using my monkey brain and banging tools into rocks trying to figure out how to make a profitable video company. I have, right. I've shot two videos this whole year, both times because I knew the client and I wanted to go. That's it. I'm at the point now where guys will go out, make videos, put proposals together, build clients, put money in the bank, and I have nothing to do with it. And that's all thanks right. to... It's all thanks to Apex. Yeah. Shit, I don't know where we were going with this conversation, man. <laughs> all good. It's your show. Go where you want. Yeah, but it's your name. We're getting a little off topic. Um, okay. We are we are pretty short on time, um, okay. Brian. I want to talk for a minute more about Success Profiles magazine and what yes. some of the guys listening can do to appear in it. Because I know there's quite a few Apex execs listen to this that might need to hook up with you. So let's let's touch right, on that exactly. magazine real quick. What's the process sure, like for getting into it? Okay. I accept contributions uh, anytime. As long as you submit something to me by the 15th of every month, articles are 750 to 1,000 words on a topic relating to business or personal development. So I take contributions right now for free. It's your chance to be uh, in, in a magazine. It's a chance for you to get published. Um, so 750 I, to 1,000 words on, yeah. a, on any business-related topic of your choice. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I hope you're I hope you're writing this down. This is how to get published by not only a badass, but a badass award winner with his own magazine. This is how to get published. Sorry, keep going. Yeah. Absolutely. Now I do because uh, there's only 12 covers in a year. Mm -hmm. uh, people ask me, how do I get on the cover? Well, everyone who's been on the cover is someone with a huge following, or they all have been on my radio show. Mm -hmm. And or they have a huge following or they're pretty well known or whatever the case is. For everyone else, because more than 12 people a year want to be in the cover, I do shorter exclusive versions just for that one person. Oh, so, like a mini print run? Like a mini magazine, like hey, it's eight pages. And you can so, show your mom. You can be like, hey, look, yeah, I'm on the so cover. So hypothetically, yeah. you on the yeah. cover, yeah. a six-page feature article, mm -hmm. and then I get the back cover to promote the magazine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you get the PDF, and I've had people print them out. I've had people send them to media to get on radio shows. Yeah, that could be television. I've had people print them out and take them to networking events or to trade shows. I've had people send them to event planners to get on stage. Mm -hmm. So you can get an ROI out of that and, and people do pay for that. Yeah, um, yeah, of course. It, and if, in fact, I've had some clients who have done a book with me and they've done a shore magazine and they cross promote the book in their little magazine. Ah, makes a lot of sense. So I do a package. Yeah, yeah, you're just, you're, you're completely like all self-contained. and uh, Exactly. Yeah, exactly. I like that. And I've done, I've done a bunch of those. And people love them. I can imagine. Like, I I got on the front cover of a magazine once, only once, and I always wanted to do it again, and I never found a way to do it. So until yeah. now, now I'm going to get yeah. my own little eight-page magazine and show it to my mom. There you go. <laughs> and I'm I'm more keyed into the fact that you accept free art. You accept articles for free. You don't charge to put articles yeah. in there. And I think that for any of you guys that are doing HARO and doing these reporter submissions, I think maybe practicing writing some articles and sending them over to Brian might not be a bad idea. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Now, people people may wonder, how do I make money on this magazine? Well, I do have advertisers occasionally, Yeah, but my, it is a paid subscription. So you're, you're paying for the subscription. So you can pay monthly, annually, or pay once and never pay again. And mm -hmm. who wouldn't do that? 
they'll pay once and never pay again is 179 bucks. Oh, geez. Access for unlimited, unlimited access. I can't say lifetime because whose lifetime, whose lifetime is it? Mine or yours, right? So I say unlimited. Um, there, I'm, I'm going to have to sign up for that. Yeah, yeah. please do. Um, and everyone out there listening, that'd be awesome. Yeah, everybody go sign up for his magazine. Um, he's he's not actually going to send me an affiliate link, so all your money will go directly to Brian, who has well earned it and well deserves it. All right, as we wrap this up, Brian, dude, I want to thank you for coming on the show, dude. It's been an absolute pleasure getting to know you and getting to know more of your story and your journey. I am sure we'll be working together in the future. Before we sign off, tell everybody, Instagram, Facebook, website, where can these guys find you and follow along with what yeah. you're doing? Uh, I'm on Facebook. I'm on Instagram. I'm on Twitter. I got on Instagram like a month ago. I did just look up Brian K. Right. And I think it's like right dot Brian K. They, uh -huh. they, they auto generated a weird name. So they rearranged, but just, I look like this. <laughs> I'm wearing a dark shirt with a gold tie. Oh, just man. find me on Instagram. We'll find you. All right. Here's what we'll do, Brian. Yeah. I, will, I will take your links and your website and I'll chuck them in the show notes. Uh, for the guys okay. listening so we can put them on there yeah. we can get your facebook we can get your instagram and uh, you can check out the magazine at successprofilesmagazine.com and uh, your yeah. website is briankwright.com so we'll put yeah. all those in the show notes my man dude it was an absolute pleasure interviewing and you what you one got one more site writeabookforyou.com writeabookforyou.com oh, i can't right. believe that domain was available a month ago Dude, I can't believe you're wearing a T-shirt that says "Write Your Book" and you spelled yeah. "right" W R I T E. I think you missed a huge play on words there to put W R I G H T. I, I it suggested to me that I do that, but I thought that's <laughs> just corny. It's very I, corny. It's a massive play on words. That's just that's just no. I didn't want to do that. Everybody loves a pun. <laughs> Everyone does love a pun, but I. I just didn't want to do that. No, I understand. And I was like, the beautiful thing about that is I wear that to every Apex event. And people walk up to me and say, I need to talk to you about that. I say, okay, do you help people do this? Yes, I do. And Dude. I always walk away from those events with people to talk to the following week. I love it. Dude, I started wearing a, uh, a red t-shirt to the events that says, all of my black shirts are dirty. And uh, I had about eight people ask if they could buy it. And uh, the answer is yes, you can. It's available at thesmallbusinesssurgeon.com. Um, nice. But like, what better to, what better shirt to wear to a, an Apex event where everybody's wearing black? So, yeah. Uh, anyway. All right, we're going to wrap it up. Brian K. Wright, it's been my absolute pleasure getting to know you, sir. Guys, Thank please you. do me a favor. Run and check out Brian's Success Profiles magazine. Check out his radio show and uh, go give him some love. Go subscribe to some of his content because uh, the guy is an absolute pleasure to be around. All right, that's it from us for today. I will see you guys same time as usual this Friday for Friday Fire. You'll have a safe and productive week. Again, go check out Brian's stuff and uh, you'll be good and uh, stay safe. This has been the Small Business Surgeon Podcast. If you've made it this far, you clearly like it. So go on iTunes and leave us a five-star review. This helps people find the show and spread the good word. Share with friends and follow us at Small Business Surgeon on Facebook and Instagram. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you for your follow-up next week. The Small Business Surgeon was recorded at Texas Media Foundry in historic downtown Bryan, Texas. Check them out at txfoundry.com or on social media at txfoundry. Thanks for tuning in.